Welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is episode 3.13b. So we're continuing uh, the second part of our study on prayer, and we're getting into this one specifically how it works or, or how it can be done. My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I am the teacher of Rekindling Ministries. And my name is Zach Rios, and I am a student at Liberty University studying youth ministry, pastoral leadership, and psychology. So just so you guys know, we, we've been recording, uh, normally we record once a week, sometimes twice a week. We've been recording a bunch of back-to-back episodes to try to get everything done before the holidays. So we've been going like 24 hours almost with with, a, with, with some sleep. We need to get some sleep in there. So we're a little bit loopy right now, and, and we just we have the giggles a bit, uh, which is good. We want we want that kind of lighthearted, you know, joyful approach to all this. Anyways, and so we do have two guests with us that were there in the first session, and they're, they're back for the second one because... We're still here, right? Um, and so this is uh, Tori uh, Doty and Lynn Coons. So welcome, ladies, uh, as before, to the study. Thanks for having us. Yep. Oh, I thought, I thought <laughs> hey, yeah. we talked before the recording. How, yeah, how are we going to do this? And you didn't do it, so that's okay. <laughs> okay, so what we were going to say <laughs> was, hey, girl, hey. Oh, geez, yeah. So you can do that in another another episode. <laughs> All right, so let's let's do a quick recap of so hopefully you've listened to the first session before listening to this one because this one's gonna be a little confusing if you don't listen to the first one. But we do want to recap just briefly what did we talk about in the first session on uh, on prayer? Yeah, and so one of the first things that we really talked about was a definition of prayer, and so uh, we defined it as really this two part thing. The first part is a communion with God. And so this is first and foremost, intimately experiencing his presence and connecting with him just in that very real, tangible way, sharing time with him. But then also uh, we wanted to, we incorporated conversation as a part of prayer. Uh, And so it's that two-way dialogue with him, listening to him as he speaks through the Holy Spirit and how uh, he's listening to you when you speak. And, and we do want to give um, that little picture, that circle. I, I, I like that visual. That if you were out to draw a circle, that is prayer, and you drew that vertical line, so you had the two halves. One half is the communion, uh, just experiencing hanging out with God, and the other half is the conversation, which can then be split into two quarters of Him talking and you talking. And then, the, and, and we're going to go through today. His quarter split up to a number of different things, and your quarter split up to a number of different things. And so if you've normally had this idea that prayer is this petitioning, this asking God of something, that's just a slice of your quarter. And there's this whole circle. So it really opens up to more to what, what prayer is all about. All right. So, so then go ahead and give us uh, some of the motivations that we talked about with prayer. Okay. Um, so it um, pleases God. Um, you have a chance to put um, a smile on the Lord's face. It calms you. It stirs you. Um, you find your satisfaction in him. Um, it strengthens you. It brings you clarity and understanding. It stretches you and aligns your will with his, um, and it changes your circumstances and puts um, second things, so external matters, second. Yeah, and, and we explained more in detail what that is b- back in the episode. We also talked about the long-term intentionality needed with this because this is definitely changing like your approach to prayer, and so it's going to take time. And so, so we went into some details about finding the proper motivation that works for you, being patient through this. There is flexible ways to pray, and so finding that, that way that works for you. We also talked about a couple other factors, um, so trying different postures, considering fasting while you pray, 
praying in community with other people, um, praying for other people with them, asking them to pray for you, um, letting God confirm your prayers through scripture, um, through prayer, through other people and other circumstances, uh, remembering and rejoicing in, in what happens in that prayer time, acting on it accordingly. So listening and obeying to what you hear. Um, and then lastly, we talked about, uh, praying without ceasing and kind of starting that two way walkie talkie prayer instead of that, like cell phone one way, just you talking to God. Yeah. And then we talk about some of the implications as well, right? Just, just, this is changing your approach and, yeah. and, and we just talk kind of practically, we talked about fears you might have and mm-hmm. concerns and how to, how to push past yeah. them. So, so that's, that's a quick recap. So what we're doing in this episode is we're going to walk you guys through a whole bunch of detail. And again, that this is not the only way to pray, but it's a lot of information that can really help you. If this is one of those things where we've talked in the past about some of the other podcasts, we're going to put a whole bunch of information down. It's not even that you're supposed to take all of it and use all of it. If you want to, great. But at least take some of the stuff that comes from there and kind of get you on that starting path. Um, so what we're going to do is, is we're going to walk you through like a step-by-step process of what prayer might look like. And how to get into this like communion, experiencing God, and then listening to God, and then talking with God. And we're going to walk you through a whole bunch of bullet points here. Um, and another point, so we've, been, we've talked a lot about the walkie-talkie prayer and the pray without ceasing and things like that. So, so let me kind of explain this. What we're going to present to you now, we're going to encourage you to take like, as you first begin practicing this, take like 40 minutes or an hour, you know, one, one day when you've got the free time to do this and, and walk yourself through all this. And as, as could, because it's a lot of information, it's going to take time. There's a lot of things to include in prayer. So the idea is, is we're going to teach you what is like a one hour full blown version of, of hang out with God and talking with him look like. The idea, though, being that that's not just how prayer is always going to work. And so it's like every week I need to find three times to do this hour of prayer. If you want to do that, go for it. But one of the things that we want to encourage you with is, is we're going to start big and long, right? Here's, here's what the full version looks like. But then as you're practicing that and you're getting used to it and you're finding what works for you, you're finding your own kind of style, you can kind of slim some things down. One, because you're getting better at it, it can go faster. And then two, you're saying, I'm, I'm going to cut this out. Or like in this prayer, I'm going to have these three points. And in this prayer, I'm going to include these four things or whatever. So the idea being that you can start shortening this to where you can do like a 10-minute version of this. And so every day or every couple of days, you can do like a, the 10 minute version of this, right? And then as you're getting really, really good at that, what's it, what it's going to allow you to do is actually let this become almost a second nature. You were mentioning that, Tori. That's a second nature to this, that it's just kind of an ongoing thing. And so this becomes what the prayer without ceasing is all about. And so, so I'll go ahead and explain the walkie talkie analogy here. So the idea being that prayer a lot of times we treat it as a cell phone or old-fashioned phone right in, in the home the idea that you pick up the phone you then dial god and then you you talk with him and then in jesus name i pray amen and you hang up the phone uh, and then sometimes God may try to call you. And of course, you screen his call, right? A lot of times, I don't, I don't want to talk to him. I, I know what he's going to tell me. You know, I don't want to hear that. And so we screen the call. But it's very much the start and stop. So pray right before a meal, you know, or whatever. 
um, where the, the walkie-talkie is. So imagine like you're a security guard at some festival. And so you're walking all over the, the, um, the field, the, 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 the place uh, during the festival there. And you've got the walkie-talkie on your shoulder. Uh, and that walkie-talkie is on, right? The, the channel is on. And so your commander, your boss is back at the headquarters, which is off to one side there. It's same place, but just off the side. And so he or she is there with, with the walkie-talkie on their end. And so the ch- you're both on the same channel. And so at any point, there's no dialing that needs to happen. There's no, you know, we need to set aside a moment to, to, to make that connection. The connection is already there. And so you guys just talk. And what's cool is you don't have to talk. And when you're not talking, let's say you're just kind of walking along and, 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 the, and the boss is doing something, whatever. But you know that the boss is right there and the boss knows you're right there. So any given second, boom, you just start talking. Or like you can hear, like for example, if you're walking along, you hear the sound of the air conditioning in the background at the boss's office. Or the boss is hearing the, the sounds of the carnival or the festival or whatever it is right there. So there's still like some kind of sounds going on. And so there's still some sort of connection there. Or another example of this is let's say like you're having to head out to some really scary barn. Let's say, let's say you live like on a farm and the barn is, is a little ways out in the distance and, and, and one of the cows was making a sound so you need to walk out to the cow but, and you want your spouse to go with you because you, you feel it's, it's, it's nighttime, right? So the monsters are out. But your spouse had broke their legs so they're bedridden. So you had the walkie-talkie. So as you're going out to that barn, that spouse that you feel safe with and that you trust is, is bedridden in the bed but the walkie-talkie's still there. It still helps because you can talk at any given moment you know, kind of deal. That's the idea of what prayer should be like. And so this praying without ceasing simply just means the walkie talkie is always on. The channel is always open and, and there'll be little hints of sound. So you still know the person's there, even if you're not talking. So that's the idea of what this prayer is, is all about. And so, so what we're doing is, is we're presenting to you like, like a one hour type, you know, 45 minute, whatever type version of how to kind of create that channel. And then as you're getting better and better at that, you can do it over 10 minutes or 20 minutes, over one minute. And then eventually, long term, it's just an ongoing thing. So you were referencing this in the last session. You just start walking around and you're just always praying. And so we talked about one of the implications is if you're doing that, you'll find yourself like praying formally less. And that's okay. Still pray formally if you want, right? Or if others expect it, sure. Um, But it's just a cool kind of way to get at where it's just like for me, for a couple years now, I've been practicing all this. To me, God's just always right there. Because I think about when I was younger, even when I first came back to God after, after my, my prodigal son time, there'd still be like days would go by. I'm like, oh, God, I forgot. He's, he, I, I follow him. You know, and so then you say some prayer and you, you kind of talk to them. It, it, it's not that way anymore. Um, it's, it's more of just this ongoing, he's just there. But this took me years to get there. One of the other, other books that was really convicting for me, so uh, Practice of the Presence of God with, with Brother Lawrence. So <coughs> Brother Lawrence was this Irish monk in some monastery uh, in like the 1700s. And he was like a low level. He wasn't like one of the, the bishops or anything like that. He was just this low level guy. He had gout really bad. And so he just shucked potatoes all the time in the kitchen because he could just sit there and shuck the potatoes. But he was really well known at the monastery. This was a godly man. 
Um, you just, just tell by the way he talked, the way he acted, his attitude, everything. And one of the things that he always talked about was practicing the presence of God. And so that was his language for this kind of pray without ceasing this walkie-talkie prayer because apparently they didn't have walkie-talkies in the 1700s. There's a little history fact for you guys, just laying down truth here. Anyways, so, so he was well-known for that, and he became well-known in the whole region of Ireland there because this was a godly man that was always just practicing the presence of God. Him and God were always just hanging out. And then it became well-known at, at the other monasteries in England and throughout mainland Europe. And he became very, very well-known for this. And so there was some, like, bishop in the church, like in France or something, that first started writing him a series of letters, and they would write letters back and forth to each other. Then, like, he went to visit him, and, they, and he interviewed him a couple times. And so he wrote a book recording these letters and these interviews. And so it's, it's not like written like a, like a narrative. It's a lot of like start and stop. Anyways, so I, I read it a, a number of years ago. And I was so convicted because he talked about how like he would go, you know, the, <coughs> his whole goal throughout the, <coughs> excuse me, throughout the day <coughs> was to be practicing this presence of God. And every once in a while, he'd be shucking potatoes in the kitchen or whatever his, his role was for that day in the monastery. And he would realize all of a sudden like an hour had gone by and he hadn't been thinking about Papa. I remember when I was first reading this, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I go days, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I follow God. I'm a Christian, you know, and that's just the way that it was. So so I, I couldn't understand it. I'm like, how in the world do you get there? Well, it's interesting because now with all these unpackings and me trying to water walk and, and apply the details of the Bible and, and, and try to do this kind of prayer, it's sort of begun for that me. Nowhere near the level that Brother Lawrence was at. Um, but it's just almost become this standard, secondary, second nature type thing where he's just there for me. And it's very comforting. And I almost take it for granted sometimes. But that's that's one of the goals here. So so the way that, that we're presenting this this episode is is we're laying out like a very thorough, which is going to take time to do. But the point being, practice makes perfect, and the more that you get at this, it'll become that second nature and move into that walkie-talkie, pray without ceasing. Does that make sense? Cool. All right. So with that, so let's just start walking you through all this. And this is a lot of information. We're just going to warn you guys ahead of time. Um, but just find what's resonating with you and, and sticking with it. So how this is going to go is we're kind of do we're going to do uh, one, two, three, kind of four sections here. The first section is going to be that whole initial steps in praying, which is really just sensing his presence and reveling in it. So this is that first half of the circle of just really coming to grips with the fact that you're hanging out with the creator of the universe. So that's the first section. And then the second section is going to be now that you're doing that, begin that, that second quarter, the listening part of, of him talking, of listening to God in prayer. How, do, what, how does that work? How do you actually begin to hear his voice? Is it audible? You know, what is it? And we're going, to, we're going to talk through that. And then the third part is going to be, and then meditating on that, chewing on what he's trying to reveal to you uh, and not just rushing on with it. And then the fourth part is, and now it's your turn to finally talk. You've just spent half the circle just sitting with him. You spent a quarter of the circle really just like listening to him, letting him reveal to you what he wants to reveal and just thinking on that. And now it's your quarter to, to, to share with him. So that's kind of the four sections how we're going to go through here. So in this first section, the initial steps to praying, sensing his presence and, and reveling in it. There's no talking in this stage, nor even listening. It's simply sensing and experiencing the very real presence of the ancient of days, which, which comes from Daniel. This takes practice. It is hard for the Western mind to do this. We see this in, in Psalm 46.10. So we're going to give you right now, oh, oh, so the first, the idea here is, is you want to clear your mind 
and clear your heart and then let your attitude or focus or mood be changed as you begin paying attention to God. So we're going to suggest to you uh, like a meditating exercise on how you can clear your mind. Cause, so the goal here is, because I know my mind is always on. So my mind's always just racing. Um, and they, they talk about how like men, you know, women are spaghetti and men are waffles, <laughs> the way they think. And so men have all these compartments. And, and so that everything's placed in the compartments, which is, which is true. One of the compartments is the nothing box. And they talk about how men literally can just put themselves in the nothing box and, and they literally are thinking nothing. Um, I don't even know where my nothing box is in my mind. Like I've never been there. Like my mind is always just popping around from box to box to box. Uh, but anyway, so, so it's difficult to try to clear your mind. Because your mind is racing and your tension is going, you know, squirrel, right, in a bunch of different directions here. So here, so here's a little exercise that you can do. We, we call it, I don't remember where I read this. I did not come up with it. I wish I could credit the person, the article, or the book that I read, and I just can't remember it. But the article talked about the five P's in, in meditating. And so the first P uh, is place. So what you want to do is you want to find a quiet place without any distraction that you're comfortable in. The second P is position. So you want to put yourself in a comfortable position. So probably not laying down um, because we don't want you to fall asleep, Um, but closing your eyes. So maybe sitting Indian style, cross-legged or kneeling, just Mm -hmm. somewhere comfortable. Yeah. And then thirdly, you want to slow down your pace. And so uh, just a practical way to do this, just breathe completely in and then completely out, but do it really slowly taking like 10 seconds or uh, maybe a little less than that for each time and then just do that five times uh, because that's really going to start slowing down your heartbeat and your body's going to actually relax uh, and you can really almost begin to feel your heartbeat let's do that now right now go ahead and narrate it okay yeah and so what we're going to do now is we're actually uh, just going to do that now and so I'm going to just kind of talk through that so I want you guys to do this too Um, and so we're just going to do that. So what I want you guys to do is breathe in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I think you guys can see how that can, once you start doing that and you do multiple times of that, you'll really be able to see how you can just really start to slow down in a quite practical way. The next thing we're, we're going to look at is hyper-focusing on one of your senses at a time. And what, um, what P is this? This is perception. Yeah. Um, so we're going we're gonna to focus on one sense at a time. It's going to allow our brain to kind of start slowing down by focusing on just one of these at a time. You're not focusing on all the distractions in the room. Right. Hopefully you're not in a distracting room, but yeah. um, there's still like, you know, background noise and, and different things going on. Um, so the first thing, your eyes are still closed. You're, you're sitting in a comfortable position. You've just breathed in and out. Um, kind of slow your heart rate down a little bit. Um, so the first thing we're going to do uh, is just listen for and, and try and count how many different sounds you can hear in the room. So take about 20 seconds or so um, and just notice all the different sounds, all the things that are making that making up that background noise. And, um, and let's do it real quick. So normally you don't want a lot of quiet space on an air on a recording like this. Let's just take 10 seconds of silence. And I want each of you sitting here in the room, I want you to try to count how many different sounds you've picked up on in these 10 seconds of silence. So starting right now.
Okay. How many did you hear? I got five. I got five also. I got four. I only got three. <laughs> so hopefully if you're if you're your listener, you're doing this as well. It's fun to watch because there's the white no noise, there's little sounds being made. You know what you can do that. Okay, keep going. Uh, so the next one we're gonna do is move to our sense of touch. So starting with your your feet, moving up your body, um, take notice of you know the different things that you're feeling. So the socks on your feet and your pants on your leg, and if your your legs are crossed, um, how that you know the sense of touch from your legs touching together. So all of those different. Um, feelings that you can feel working all the way up your body. Um, then we're going to move on to the sense of smell. So if you can smell anything in the room that you're sitting in, um, make note of, of what smells you can discern. Um, then we're going to move on to our sense of taste. If there, you know, you had an everything bagel for dinner and you can yeah. still kind of taste <laughs> it, making note of whatever With tastes are seeds. lingering. <laughs> yeah. Maybe poppy seeds. Um, and then lastly, we're going to, we're going to make note of our sight. So our eyes are still closed. Um, so you're not like looking around the room physically, but, um, noticing, you know, what colors, what shapes, what visions might be, um, coming into your, your sense of sight as you're, um, sitting there with your eyes closed. And so the point of that last exercise is you're trying to, you know, to get your brain, if your brain's going a mile a minute and got a hundred different things that it's thinking about to get it to go to zero is almost impossible. Yeah. So you kind of are tricking your brain here. So it's like asking your mind, Hey mind, how many sounds can you hear in the next 15 minutes? And your mind's like, oh, I'm on it. <laughs> right. It's up for the it turns challenge. Turns into a game. Yeah. It turns into yeah. a game. So it, it'll, it, it, it doesn't want to let go of all the things that it's thinking to go to silence. But it will let go of all those things just to count all the sounds. And it's like, you know, 15. When I, uh, then, okay, and, and, then, and then how many different parts, like how many different parts of your skin can you feel right now? I'm on it, right? And so then, then he's going through counting all that. And then, and then you do the, the, the smells and, the, and all that stuff and, and the sights. So the idea is you're almost like tricking your brain like a child to play this game. But what it's doing is it's only focusing on one thing at a time. And so now that you've gone through all these, and b because you have the place and the position and the pace – You've slowed everything down. It's really going to be it's going to be easier to let your mind then move to thinking on nothing, which is the fifth and final P, which is the purpose. So now you can get to the purpose of the meditation, which for us is prayer. So the idea is going through those first four P's will kind of calm you down and get your mind settled so that you can begin just to experience God. And so I actually use this one and it works. It takes time. It takes you 10 or 15 minutes to go through that. Um, but it's, but it's really cool. I don't know if you guys had any other like meditation exercises that you could recommend or, or, or techniques for like kind of calming yourself down and clearing your mind. I, I did, um, theater in high school and we used to do breathing exercises right before a show. Um, so we kind of did, uh, where we did, you know, really slow breaths in and out mm -hmm. five times. We would do that five times and then really quick five times and then you would repeat it. Um, so it's kind of breaking that up, yeah, um, so but still breathing, the same, yeah. the same yeah. thing. So the idea there is, is that you're clearing your mind, right? You're trying to hone in on and focus on the fact that you're just about ready to sit down with the creator of the universe. So then the second thing you want to do is you want to clear your heart. And, and so here you want to prepare yourself to be in the presence of God. So this is like Nehemiah 1, 4 to 9, Daniel 9, 4 to 19, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, Genesis 18, 27. Uh, and so you want to be clearing your heart and we'll talk about what this means. We want to have time for confessing our sins. So acknowledging how you've recently turned away from God or, or how you haven't been finding your contentment in him, your satisfaction in him. Um, if you're turning to something else and looking to find your contentment there, um, confessing sins of attitude. So if there's bitterness, anger, discontentment, distrust, 
doubt, fear, apathy or anything of that sort or if there's any sins of action so gossip unforgiveness lust fighting worrying not giving or helping not being generous um, controlling fleeing ignoring etc you can see how much this plays right into this whole evil sense that we, that we just finished up and so yeah <clears throat> so you, you just acknowledge that you had turned away from God and, and turned to these these secondary things. And then you need to recognize that you've already been forgiven of that. So we spent a whole lot of time on not having that guilt, not having that shame, not having any bitterness or regret or any of these, these negative feelings. So you replace the guilt and shame with just conviction and encouragement of what should you be doing. And you replace the anger or bitterness or regret with, um, with the grief and sorrow so don't get angry at the sin that you did just grieve it and, and there's a whole, that's a whole lot to that we, we can't go into that here um, but anyway so as, as you're clearing your heart you're acknowledging uh, and this goes back to the Psalm 51 thing that we talked about you're you're grievingly acknowledging that you that you have done these sins God God doesn't need you to ask forgiveness for it because the forgiveness already took place Zach made that point in, in the last uh, study but you need to acknowledge he's wanting you to acknowledge it and grieve it and then re- and then recognize that the forgiveness is done he's already atoned for He's already compensated it. It's already off your record. He hasn't kept in. Re- he doesn't keep record of those wrongs. As far as the east is from the west, he's already removed them from you. He's blotted out, and he remembers it no more. And so, so we see David do this in, in Psalm fifty-one. Um, and so, some other examples of this is that First John four eight, the First Corinthians three five, Psalm one hundred three twelve, Psalm fifty-one one, Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-four, Romans five to six, Matthew eighteen twenty-two, Mark three twenty-eight and twenty-nine, Luke twelve eight to ten. That uh, he's that you you want to come back that you're already restored. It's bringing you back to that neutral state of righteousness, that right standing, and that he's going to do this seventy times seven. I mean, indefinitely, no matter how frequent or intentional your sinning is, he's forgiven you. And so you really want to be clearing your heart of that. And keep in mind too, this is where muddy fields would come in. That you have those muddy fields, those type one muddy fields that are just that natural struggle for you. So you can go back and listen to muddy fields in season one, muddy fields in know they self, muddy fields in the evil sense that we keep we keep coming up with this concept. But just remind you, you are going to have those sins that you constantly struggle with. And so don't beat yourself up if every time you go to pray, you're bringing that one up, right? Because it's part of who you are with with the dust. So, anyways, so that is a clearing of your heart. So you've begun clearing your mind. And you've begun clearing your heart. You're just kind of slowing things down. You're trying to focus in on this fact of it's so it's not just this quick, rapid throw up of a prayer to God. It's slowing everything down. It's being the intentional, clearing the mind, clearing the heart. What's going to happen is this is going to let your attitude, your focus, your mood shift. It's going to be changed because you're beginning to pay more attention to God. So we want to go ahead and move into a right mindset. So instead of a cluttered, a busy, distracted um, mindset, it's becoming more structured and more focused and intentional. Um, Instead of closed um, and being resistant or stiff, we become more open um, and willing and, and flexible. Instead of being cloudy, um, being confused or uncertain, we become clear um, and there's more understanding and insightfulness. Yeah, and then secondly, as we're working on letting our attitude and focus be changed as we pay attention to God, we can think on eternal things and see God for who he truly is. We see this in Colossians 3.2 and Philippians 4.8. And this really also relates back to the eternal, internal, external lens uh, in season one. Um, and so there's a couple things that we need to recognize. One, we need to recognize his kabod. And so his weight, heaviness, substance, power, value, 
worth glory, the glory of God. And that relates back to the glory study that we talked about uh, a little while ago now. And then we also need to recognize his ore, which is his uh, luminous and his shining light, his kindled fire, the glory and presence of him. Also his goodness. He's a fiercely protective, loving Papa, and he's also a sovereign king. And so just that uh, dichotomy of God being extremely personal, but also extremely powerful uh, is something that we can take comfort in as we recognize his goodness. And along those lines, we really need to recognize what he's not. And so he's not acidic. He's not passive aggressive with us. He's not annoyed. He's not condemning. He's also not Santa Claus and he's not a pushover. And so um, just recognizing these things about who God actually is. Uh, and I think that this relates back to the evil and sin part of the study that we talked about with God's response to sin. And so learning a lot of different things about how God really does respond to us. I think that was episode 3.11E is what that one was. And so I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to that one because... Yeah, he's not irritated. The First Corinthians 13 uh, describes love. And so you can go back and listen to that uh, unpacking to really figure out what that's all about. Because it's so important that you understand accurately who God is. Uh, because if you have a misconception of him, no matter how slight or how innocent, it will hinder experiencing him fully. I remember hearing a pastor talk about this. And he was saying that if you come to God, uh, and he used this analogy, he was saying, if you play basket, if you uh, walk onto a basketball court and you think you're playing football, you're going to be really confused with what's going on. And so if you have a false understanding of who God is, he's not going to fit in the parameters that you think that he's going to fit into. And so that a, a lack of understanding can just really mess up your uh, relationship with him and how you view him, which is going to make prayer so much more difficult. And so we also want to pay uh, loving attention to him. And so we want to ponder on who he is, how approachable he is, how good and powerful he is, and really just rest in that and understand that he's reveling in this just as in, uh, just as much. He truly looks forward to these times meeting with, meeting with you and with his children. And he wants this even more than you do because he recognizes how he is uh, just the ultimate beneficial thing and how we need to be turning to him and not turning from him into other detrimental things. Uh, and so we really just need to take time to do this and it's going to change your perspective and your attitude and opening up your heart and mind so that you can more fully experience praying. And so really honestly savor this. Don't rush it. Take joy in experiencing him directly and intimately because the creator of the universe wants to have an intimate relationship with you and conversation with you. We see a lot of these different ideas in Deuteronomy 12, 7, 1 Samuel 2, 21, and also 1 Kings 19, 11. So this is going to be a little weird, right, when you first start doing this because there's no talking going on. But I really want to encourage you. There's, it's important to take time. Like, So when you first sit down, you just want to remind yourself, what have I learned about God already? What do I know? And we, uh, Isaiah and I talked about this. So you just, okay, what do I know? And it's just that constant reminder of yourself, which is just rehashing, and it's really firming it in, in, your, in your brain, in your synapses. And, and so this is where scripture and prayer and community and church and Sunday morning sermons and podcasts and all these things can all help in better understanding who God is. And it's, again, it's weird because we think we're supposed to go right to prayer. God is totally okay with you just sitting there and just thinking about who he is and, and taking comfort in that. So that's that, that's that first section. It's kind of that first half. There's a whole lot more to that, but, but we want you to kind of run with it on your own there. So, so you're experiencing God. You're thinking through, oh, my goodness, the creator of the universe is just hanging out with me right now. This is, this is crazy, right? 
So then you can move to that next quarter, which is the, the listening to him. So we move to the, to the second section now. And so here it's, it's, it's learning to recognize his voice and, and let him speak. God wants to communicate to you and he wants to give you direction and encouragement. We see this in, in John 20, 27. And so you want to learn to discern his voice. You want to be intentionally discerning the difference between his voice, yours, and the enemy's. So like 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. So the idea here is you've got three voices. And so we're not talking about audible voices, okay? I think God in the past did. I think God sure sometimes does. But what we're talking about here is not unless he wants to and let him. Um, anyways, so you have three voices in your head at any time. You've got your own voice, your own thoughts. You've got God's voice whispering to you, and you've got the enemy. And they, all three sound really similar. Um, so like, for example, the, the devil clothes himself as an angel of light. And so it's very important. I, I, got, <clears throat> I have friends of mine that any thought that pops into their head, they, they label God like in, in prayer time. And you want to be careful with that because that's probably not true. Um, it could be God's, could be yours, could be the enemy's. And so you really want that discernment to, to begin to map it out. Uh, another way to say this, uh, well, actually, no, I'll wait on that. So, so one thing that you need to do is you, we mentioned last week, you need to begin to master scripture before you can begin to master prayer. You really need to be rooted in scripture. You need to study and learn what God's will is throughout the Bible. And, and, and so, like I said, we can't begin to master the prayer until we're going to master the scripture. So like, it's like 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 16. This is why we do all these unpackings. And it's why we do my community group and we go through the books of the Bible. Is we're trying to get people to get themselves more rooted in scripture because it's, just, it's going to help them begin to align themselves with God's will to begin to better understand who God is, which will help with the prayer. It's also really important that we we have a personal knowledge of who Jesus is. Um, so the more that we are understanding who he is, we're understanding his character, we're receiving his love, the easier the easier it's going to be to discern his voice and to hear his voice. And we see this in John 10, 25 through 27. And the good news with uh, discerning his voice is we aren't supposed to do it on our own. Uh, we need to let the Holy Spirit help us. And so ask the Spirit to guide you. And uh, again, this isn't going to happen overnight. It's not going to be something that you're going to wake up one day and, uh, oh, all these voices are now labeled in my head. They come with little speech bubbles. That's really convenient. Like, it's just, it's just not going to happen. And so, uh, we, but we do see this idea of letting the Holy Spirit help us uh, throughout Scripture, but specifically John 14, 26 and Romans 8, 26 and 27. Uh, we need to also look for patterns or accents in God's voice. And let me elaborate on this real quick before you go to that list. So the idea here is, I always give the analogy of my cousin Trixie. So, and, and that's her real name, Trixie. She was named after the, the comic strip. Um, back in back when we were kids in, in the 80s, uh, this was when the phones, there was no caller ID, you know, no cell phones and this kind of stuff. So when someone called, you didn't know who it was until you picked up, right, and answered. Well, they had, they Trixie and Sean, um, my cousins had lived in the same town as my brother and I all when we were kids, but then they ended up moving down to Missouri in Southern Missouri. And within like three months of living down there, Trixie had picked up this real thick Southern accent. <laughs> like it was just, it was like just so notable. So when she would call on the phone to say, Hey, to us, you, when, when, when you pick the phone up, I mean, you know, within two or three words, it was her because it was such this, this distinct Southern accent. Um, and so you didn't need caller ID. You just knew, you knew it was Trixie. So the idea here with prayer, 
just what Lynn was saying is you want to begin to pick up on God's accents. And so what we believe is that God has many, many different accents that he uses with different people. And so we're going to throw some of these out here just to kind of get you started. And again, this, t- this takes time, et cetera. But the idea is, is you want to pick up on his accent, his, his little slang or whatever, because that can then begin to clue you in, ooh, especially in hindsight. But, but ooh, this is God's voice because I, I, I know that accent. Um, so he will speak scripture faithfully. He's not going to twist it as uh, the enemy does. And that can be seen in Genesis 3 and Matthew 4. He will readily acknowledge that his son is Lord. And again, the enemy cannot. Um, and this can be found in 1 Corinthians twelve three. He will focus on what he wants you doing right rather than on what you are doing wrong. And he will do so with a soft, loving smile. Again, I have this picture of daddy you call him papa mm-hmm. i i refer to him as daddy sometimes so um and that can be found in romans 8 galatians oh sorry romans 8 1 galatians 6 1 and john 4 he will bring about a supernatural loving peace and joy so different than a fleshly peace and happiness um so recognize that they're they're two mm-hmm. different things there and um, that can be found in isaiah 26 3 and malachi 4 2 Um, And he will direct you according to how he has wired you. Um, So um, he may speak succinctly, simple, and to the point. He may speak in questions, asking you to rehash what you've already learned. Um, It is often a humbling and convicting and encouraging process, showing you where you are, because he's literally going to meet you Mm -hmm. where you're at and speak to you, Mm -hmm. how you um, will be open to hearing him. He will often teach you to patiently wait He may speak on a spectrum, so warning you of extremes and bringing you uh, to temperance. Um, Or he may go against your grain, leading you uh, to something contrary to your tendencies. Um, So telling assertive people to refrain from action or telling passive people to take a risk. So you might push your your buttons Mm -hmm. in that way a little bit, but in a good way. (laughs) So what's cool there is, is these are all different examples. There's other ones out there. But as you begin, and a lot of this is hindsight. So when you first start trying this and you just won't necessarily know in the moment later on after the fact, like after a series of events happening, oh, okay, yeah, in hindsight, that was definitely God. Or in hindsight, nope, that was definitely my voice saying that. Or in hindsight, ooh, that was the enemy trying to switch up. So a lot of times initially anyways as you're trying this is after the fact you can look back and then say, okay, so now that I know that it was God, what was some of the little like accents or clues that picked up that it was him? And so you can begin recording them or, you know, keeping them in mind so that the next time that you hear that little clue, it's a little trigger for you that, that this is God. And so like I've heard it said, you, you mentioned that the speaking, speaking scripture faithfully, I've heard it said, if the voice in your head is basically saying scripture, that's not God, that God is going to exactly say scripture because we see the enemy twisting it. You know, um, the, the, he'll confess that Jesus is Lord. Uh, I remember where I heard this, but the idea being that, that an, the enemy doesn't want to confess that Jesus is Lord. So if you're having a conversation, like, you know, with that voice or that, those thoughts uh, in your head, you can ask the, those thoughts that are coming in, hey, who's Jesus? Um, and if there's an instant, he's Lord. Then the idea is you're conversing with God there, where if there's a stumbling or a silence and, and, and you're not getting those thoughts or those voices, it might be the enemy because they're stumbling over how to answer that. Uh, that's a little more mystical um, but some of you are going to be into that and, and so we throw, we throw it out there. Uh, but anyways, and so, yeah, so everything that you just said, 
the and so the inverse isn't happening. If the voice is very acidic, if the voice is very condemning, that's not going to be God because there's no condemnation for we who are in Christ Jesus, right? So so those are little little cool things to help help with that. There's a whole lot more that could be said to that. Um, it is a it's a more subjective thing we want to admit that but we at least wanted to, to kind of discuss this and throw this language out there so that you can be kind of pondering on it and then another thing is you want to let him confirm so he'll, he'll repeatedly confirm what he's saying you to you if needed through other means including people and circumstances so we see this with abraham's servant when he was trying to find a bride for abraham's son we see it with gideon and the fleece right uh, and so it's a combination of all those things um, that can really help you begin to discern his voice and so there's a whole lot more we could say in that. We're just going to leave it at that, okay? And so once you're beginning to discern his voice, then you can really begin listening to what he has to say. You know, once you're beginning to, to recognize that voice in those accents, you can simply hear what he wants you to know. So James 1, 5 to 8 would reference this. So some, some sub points under this that, of what we mean by this. One, think be to have. So this goes back to the be to have lens in season one. Realize that God will initially be more focused on your character and attitude rather than your actions and behaviors or your resources or your service circumstances so like Matthew 23 25 to 30 so this will help in trying to listen to what he's saying a lot of times he wants to talk about the be where you might want to talk about the do or the have uh, two he may offer a reminder of what he's told you before also he is always going to show you love forgiveness encouragement and commendation uh, so really that idea of a good coach giving reinforcing feedback he may also nudge you with conviction or a restorative rebuke or exhortation. Again, this is going to be focused less on less on what you've done wrong, and it's going to be focused more on what he wants you doing right. That's really powerful. Uh, point five, he will offer insight, understanding, guidance, direction. He will answer your questions. And a little note on that, one of the books that we had, had read, I think this was the Scholler book, he talked about God's answers will be grow, know, slow, or go. A little you know, rhyming there. And so grow, the idea there is, 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 as you're asking a question, his answer is, I need you to look inward and focus on developing your character, honing your talents, improving your attitude, and changing your behavior first. Then we can revisit your request. No would be, that request is not what I've planned for you. Uh, slow is, yeah, I'll grant that request, but not now, wait a little longer. And then go is, yep, that's what I want for you. Pursue it according to how I want you to in the manner, method that I choose, you know, mind you, et cetera. Um, he also likes to ask questions, so feel free to answer him when he asks you those questions. Yeah, and this next one takes a little bit of discernment, but wandering minds are okay if it's God leading you to another topic. I know at different times I've had, like I've been sitting trying to pray, and I'll just go like down here and then there and then like just all, all these offshoots, and it wasn't God leading me down all of those. And so you can tell... You can tell pretty easily just based off your personality if you're just like, hey, hold on, I'm just getting distracted. And so just be really aware of that. But also, at the same time, allow God to lead you into different topics. Yeah. We also want to listen well. We don't, our goal isn't to win versus God when, when right. we're praying. Um, so our purpose is to understand his will and to let him lead the discussion. We're not trying to argue with him or control the conversation. Um, we want to hold our tongue. We want to have teeth marks on our tongue from holding back our speech mm. and just listening for, for what he has to say. We want to be patient as a lot of times he's going to slowly teach us over weeks or months or years. Um, like we've said before, this is going to take time. Yeah. And I, I just have a personal story with this whole idea. Um, 
because I did try and win an argument against God and it just really didn't work uh, because this was back. I referred to this actually in the episode before this, but when I was trying to decide about the internship that I was thinking about going on for um, the summer after I had been gone for a year of long distance, do I go home or do I stay in Virginia? Um, I, I distinctly remember this time because I was in the shower and I was like trying to figure out, do I go on this internship or not? And um, God really was just asking me a lot of different questions of like, why do you think you should go? Why do you think you shouldn't go? Who are you trusting and all this different things? And I honestly was just like, no, I'm not going like, I'm not going to do this. And then it was just kind of quiet. And it's just like, well, and so I, <laughs> it just doesn't work, I guess is what I've tried to say there. And uh, just from experience, like trying to argue with God, um, it really doesn't lead well. It doesn't end well. And even in Exodus, there's a nice uh, audible conversation that we see in Exodus three and four with Moses uh, at the burning bush. And so he goes, God tells him to do something, and he says, "No, I can't because of this." Um, okay, you answered that. No, I have this excuse too. Okay, yep. No. Uh, yeah. So I nope. Still can't. And he comes up with all these excuses, and then he's finally like, "Yeah, just send someone else." And I was like, "No. Yeah. Well. Okay. Fine." Oh, and so, well, it's a little more complicated than that. But like, God gets angry, and he says, "Okay, I'll send your brother, but you're gonna go along with him." And but the point of this is, if you have legitimate questions, God will answer those, because um, God patiently answered each one of Moses' objections. But when it turned into rebellion, is when uh, the problem actually was. And I think that that's really when we're trying to win verse God. A lot of times, what it's birthed out of is rebellion, and so trying to avoid that. So do you guys have any other like accents or patterns that you would like to add in addition to this list that you've picked up on Uh, Yeah, your notes or anything? Yeah, I think um, in addition to that, that speaking scripture faithfully and not, you know, basically or generally Mm -hmm. speaking scripture. Another thing that I um, have seen is love. If it's, if it's rooted in love, um, that's God because you know, sometimes I'm not gracious with myself. So it's usually not my voice if it's really loving and patient and kind, and it's definitely not the enemy. Um, So that's a really, you know, a red flag for me that, you know, maybe this is the Lord if it's rooted in love and grace and kindness. Yeah. So one other comment I'll make on, on as far as like hearing God's voice so I have, you know, some friends of just different um, uh, bents of Christianity where it's a lot of, you know, God spoke to me and God told me this. And I've got some friends that just are skeptical and hypercritical and they reject all of that. Anytime someone says God spoke to them, clearly they're just making it up. You know, to, it's just, just, just bitter, you know, type thing. And so I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be hypercritical. I do want to be discerning, you know, um, to see is God really telling them that, Um or is that just kind of their own mind concluded that one of the biggest um, markers for me is how well are they applying the details of the Bible to the details of their life? And so if they, if they know scripture really, really well, and if they're actually living it that way, that increases my confidence that they're hearing from the Lord in the moment. So if I have somebody say, you know, God told me this, and then I ask them to kind of elaborate, how does that play into the scripture? And they don't really know. Um, and they don't, they're not familiar with that passage and things like that. Then I, it puts a, it doesn't mean that they're not hearing from God. It just puts a question mark for me. Or if I see them, they're not actually following through and applying some of this stuff. Then it puts a question mark for me. Where if I know someone's like, you know, so I, I felt like 
the Lord was nudging me in this area and it reminded me of this passage and kind of bringing here and, I, and that made me think of this verse and, and this here. And, and so I began applying that and I really got this confidence that it was the Lord speaking. That skyrockets my confidence in that person that, that, that I can trust him in that. So that's just something that, that, that I do in, in my head, you know, when, when someone's saying that stuff. So, so we're still, so that's, that's the second section. So then we move to the third section, which is still in that, that first quarter um, of, um, of God, of God, just speaking. So now that he's, now that you're beginning to acquire, um, <clears throat> the skill to be able to, to hear his voice or hear his nudging or hear his thoughts or guiding or what, you know, what, <clears throat> whatever phrase impression, whatever phrase you want to use with that. Don't just say, okay, cool. Thanks. And then move right into talking. You want to spend some time just chewing on that. So, okay, before I can talk, let me just, let me make sure I'm heeding really what he's saying. I'm paying close, careful attention to this. What is he saying there, and what does that mean? What are the implications? What are the costs? You know, et cetera. Um, and so the the God's conversations. So so meditate on it and, and wrestle with what he's saying. And God's conversations are always encouraging and often very stretching. So you need to carefully ponder what he's revealing to you. You need to weigh the sweet and sour elements that we've talked about in, in the sweet and sour lens in season one. You need to think through the consequences of what he's commanding. You want to map out the crossroads that he has you at. And so we can see this in Joshua 1 8 and Psalm 48 9 and, and Psalm 77 12 and 1 19 15. We also see it in Genesis uh, 32 and 24. As you're doing this, change is going to begin to take place within you. This is where, this is that Romans 12 too. It's a shifting in your priorities, your preferences, your decisions. And so the shifting is going to take place as you begin to align your will uh, with his. Um, so you will begin to desire intimacy with your Abba Adonai more than certain answers or blessings. Um, and this is slowly starting to happen to me. I've had some prayer times where it's been very cool that it's like I'm very much focused on just just him um, and, and being closer to him and just like having the natural desire um, to to want to talk to him and not asking him for anything in that moment so just having a few of those along the way is very encouraging keeps you going when you know that this is a lifelong process um so just with that so focusing on the mountain mover and not the mountain itself that he is in control and he's on the throne and and just reveling in who he is um seek the provider more than his provisions focus on god uh, not on his miracles or your circumstances. So find your peace and joy in him and him alone, and then let his miracles uh, simply be icing on the cake. So this is that E I E, the external, internal, and eternal. Yeah, yeah other order. Eternal, internal, yep. internal, external <laughs> mindset. I was close. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, the fruit of the spirit will be heaped upon you as you mature and grow. Um, and this can be found in Galatians 5 and then uh, 2 Peter 1. Yep. And then also as you as this change begins to take place, you're going to find yourself meditating on and unpacking scripture more. And so what this really, uh, some practical ways how this can look uh, and ways to go about this, you want to put resonating synonyms and phrases in place of the words in the verses. And so that's really um, one way to find out what words and phrases to put in there is go through these unpacking processes. And so, for example, if you're reading through and you see justice, then you can put in uh, 
making of things right as you go through to just kind of help you understand more of what's going on in the different verses. And this will help you expand your knowledge of the passage. Uh, and another way you can expand your knowledge of the passage is by creating a paragraph of visuals, uh, anecdotes, and definitions that elaborate and highlight the passage you're studying. And so really almost the amplified version of the Bible does this by going through mm -hmm. and uh, expanding on words yeah. as it uh, gives you the translation. Uh, this next one, I know you're super passionate about this one, Shannon, but we really are going to begin to no longer see this life as the story in heaven mm. as just the epilogue, but really that that this life that we're living right now is is a messy prologue and the real story is going to begin on the other side of the gates. Amen. Preach. <laughs> um, you're going to begin to truly believe in his promises. This goes back to the hope study. And this is going to be a tough one for us. If, if we see how God has not delivered on his promises, we, we sometimes doubt. But we must continue to trust and remember that God's promises don't have expiration dates. That was in one of the books that we read, so I can't take credit for that, but it was, it was just a cool quote. Uh, so Jacob demanded the Lord's promises, and he was rewarded for that. Think about that. Um, you will begin to think, be, do, have. You'll value character most and letting that um, lead to the right actions and find contentment in the timing and the amount of resources that God brings your way. Yeah, and so in addition to the be-do-have lens that we talk about in season one, another lens that applies to this is really spectrum. And so you're going to begin to see things in less of those black and white extremes, uh, and you're going to recognize the reality of life and issues, and that we really do see things on this spectrum, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not just this or that, uh, us versus them type of mentalities. And then as we do turn to our circumstances, our thoughts uh, will roam to others in love. So we are going to be rooted in That's love. Cool. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, we're going to value people, even our enemies, simply because they exist <coughs> as God's creation, uh, which is a crazy thing to think about, it like is. valuing our enemies, um, empathizing with them, bearing their burdens with them and for them when they can't carry them mm -hmm. themselves, um, showing forgiveness and patience with their faults, thinking about what they need and how you can joyfully contribute to that, doing so generously. Uh, we talked about a love feast, so just really, yeah. you know, an abundance of, of contribution to them. Uh, before you move to sharpening that restorative discipline, um, enabling you to embrace a fight-flight persevere mentality, willing to let others take advantage of you externally, though not internally. We're not, you know, being defeated right. internally, though we're allowing that external um, taking advantage of to happen so i encourage you to go back to season one listen to the fight fight, yeah. fight persevere lens because it, it explains what does it mean to let someone take advantage of you externally but not internally and it's really cool so so all these things that we were just mentioning it's, it's all these different changes that are taking place within you as that is happening it's going to make you more wise you know which is that strategy it's going to make you more resilient which is the defense it's going to make you more impactful which is the offense uh, so the spirit of the Lord will rest more fully upon you. Found in Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. So with knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and counsel, um, with uh, proper reverential fear, um, and with strength and power. And then also with this, you're going to get uh, proper perspective, motivation, and strength. You're going to be able to find out God's will for any given situation that you're facing 
or you'll be content in his silence. And so this will help you know what you must do or what you must not do. So that may be standing still, stepping out. What degree do you do it now? Do you do it later? Do you wait just a little bit? There's a lot that goes into this, and it's also going to increase your likelihood of being obedient to what he is revealing to you because if you've had experience with this you have a proper perspective and you are really figuring out what god's will is in the specific moments of life you're going to be much more likely to follow that big uh big picture in long term yeah and all of this this utter faith in god and what he's telling you is going to make you faithful um and thus god can place his faith in you which is a really crazy thing to think about um so as we're depending on him we're now becoming dependable and then god can begin to depend on us in very real very cool um although usually difficult ways yeah so hopefully as you're listening to all this this, it's slowly starting to dawn on you. It's slowly starting to sink in that as you just try to sit first and foremost, that I can just spend time with God and I can just hang out with him. And yes, it's awkward because it's intangible, but knowing that we'll get the full tangible version in heaven. Right. Um, but, but I'm just hanging out with him that he just wants to hang out with me and then letting him initiate the conversation and letting him direct the, the topics that you guys are going to talk about and reveal to you whatever it is that he wants to reveal. And then you just meditating on that and chewing on it and letting it sink in. Then, then you, I really do believe that you're going to begin to change, you know, from the, from the inside out, um, changing your attitude and changing your priorities. And so it shows you how important this meditative listening prayer really is because we haven't even got into the you talking part of prayer. And so this is that first, you know, three quarters or whatever. And so that's why I had really enjoyed this study. And I was excited about us doing this podcast recording to be able to emphasize with people and, 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 and teach them this whole point of, of let prayer be the experience part and let prayer be the listening part because it's, it's, it's going to, it takes time and it's messy, but it really will change things. So again, it goes back to my prayer life is not always what it should be. And it's a lot of times it's because I'm thinking of still the old way of doing prayer. And the more that I remind myself of this, the more that I, I want to do that. And, and the more that it does change me because who wouldn't want to be a part of this, right? So that now then segues into the, the fourth and final section, which is that last quarter, which is now it's your turn to respond and speak. And so this is the portion of prayer that we, we typically think of that, that we usually jump right into. And so it's important to realize that if you, <coughs> excuse me, man, I always cough in threes. If you take the time to work through the, the previous stages that we just mentioned, it's going to make this section much more powerful. And so as we mentioned earlier, many of us deep down that doubt, deep down doubt that prayer works for the simple fact that we've tried it and we've seen others try it and nothing came of it or the prayer wasn't answered. And so we treat prayer more as this obligatory formality or function of our faith. It's something that we're just supposed to do, but it doesn't have any substance. But now as we go through all these, these two episodes, you're now beginning to, to get a greater understanding of what biblical prayer really entails and, and things are going to slowly change. You're hopefully realizing that that prayer is much more involved than just a quick shout out of thanks or praise or petition. And it can be that, yeah. but it's not just that it can be so much more than that. And so that and that and that such involved prayer, if patient, patiently and passionately pursued is much more impactful. And so there are a number of different elements to this section 
a variety of different ways that you can respond to God. And so some of the verses that we had, had looked at when we we're going through this is Matthew 6, 5 to 34, Matthew, uh, Psalm 37, 3 to 8, Luke 11, 1 to 3, John 14, 12 to 27. There are a bunch of other passages as well. And so now we're going to we're going to share with you guys some of the different things that you can do this kind of goes like with the acts prayer the the adoration and confession and thanksgiving and supplication but we're going to we're going to share with you some of the things that we learned from the studying from the passages of different ways that you can respond different ways that you can speak and talk Uh, so one of the ways that you can speak and talk is to uh simply celebrate him um and right now this is one one of my very like favorite things um to do in in terms of with my prayer which is kind of a shift for me, but I'm just worshiping and praising and glorifying him, giving him the weight that he deserves um, for something just thought for me is that I was always thought of worship is, oh, it's got to be like singing and whatever. I don't sing very well. Um, you don't want to hear me sing. Um, so just having this time of prayer and just just praising him and worshiping him, you know, in, in this is I'm just very, I don't know encouraging to me is in knowing that so that can be found in Matthew 6 9 through 10 um so again in worshiping him then thanking him for all that he has done for you and for others and not only what he has done but what he's currently doing and then what he's going to do thanking him ahead of time for it and then also telling him what you and he are doing together excites you because it is something that you and him are walking in together it's not just him it's not just you you're you're walking in tandem with him Mm -hmm. and secondly we also want to speak our hearts we see this really all throughout the psalms but specifically in psalm 62 8 we want to lament the sinfulness that's going on in our lives and in the lives of others Uh, And so just being willing to open up about how you're pained and grieved by current or past suffering. I mean, your feelings are what they are. You don't need to hide them from God. He's big enough to handle whatever your raw emotions are. And so admit your fear, your doubt, your confusion. If you have anger, bitterness, hatred, all of these to God and release those emotions to him. I remember um, hearing uh, someone talk about this and they were saying that it really will help you, especially if you have a bad attitude, because uh, I like you can't complain to God for very long about something that someone else is doing. Uh, because if you just go, al- if you um, do have this walkie-talkie style mm-hmm. prayer that we've been uh, suggesting is the way to start moving towards, and you go along and you're just like, God, this person's the worst. They cut me off in traffic, <laughs> and that's not actually that big of a deal now, is it? Okay. Um, and so that's a, that's a pretty minor thing. But like, even if it's more substantive, like if you just start complaining to God and you're just like, no, I have this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason, you're going to run out of reasons and God's going to be like, okay uh is that it <laughs> yeah that's it i guess i shouldn't be that upset about it. but it, so it really can help you um and if you are willing to be to give god that raw unfiltered bit of you because he already knows all of it anyway and mm-hmm. so just talking through it uh really can help you and so uh also in addition to that side of things asking him to shower you with the love peace joy and wisdom or whatever, really whatever biblical element you need in order to counter and replace those negative feelings. Yeah. So as you talk through whatever it, you're going through, you can ask him, no, Lord, I really do just need peace and I need patience because I'm, I am annoyed right now and frustrated and I know that I need to rid myself of all anger. And so as you're honest, you can actually begin to work through those issues if you do speak your heart. Yeah. 
Uh, we also want to remember what God's specific will is for us currently. Um, so casting away the things that we think we want and really letting God show us what we truly desire if we're aligning our will with his, um, accepting that he will at times give us free reign and flexibility to choose. So inner determinism is going to come in here as yep. well. Um, we Always see this does. in, yeah, uh, we see this in Jeremiah six sixteen, Romans eight twenty six through 27, Exodus 32, 13 and 14 and second Corinthians 12, seven through nine. Um, so we want to ask for and, and seek after. We want to question, demandingly learn, find with certainty, to diligently, frequently tread and strive after, to crave and make a serious effort for, you know, seeking his will. Um, ask anything in his name and it will be given. Seek what he wants and then strive after it. Um, so there, there are also going to be times when it may be possible to change God's mind as an exception to, to maybe what he willed. Uh, we see this in Genesis 18, 20 through 33, Exodus 32, 13 and 14, uh, Amos 7, 2 through 6, and Jonah 3, 10. Uh, you guys are doing a good job uh, reading my abbreviations and <laughs> figuring out which, which book of the Bible that is. Um, so a couple points on, on each of those. That celebrating him. You know, we all have different personality styles. And so you're, you're mentioning there's different ways to sing and worship. There's different ways to celebrate. So just go with what really, you know, kind of goes with you. With the speaking your heart, I've had conversations with people in the past about how they would say you're not supposed to yell at God. And I, I agree with that. But I also think that he's he'll run with it. Um, and so like, like the idea is, you know, kind of baby stepping your way into maturity. And so for example, we're supposed to do everything without complaint or, you know, or, or grumbling. So stop grumbling to your friends and go grumble to God, which you're still not supposed to do, but that's, that's a good baby step. And then grumble to God. And like you were even saying, it's just going to, even as you're talking it out, it's just going to start changing things. And, and that'll help the grumbling disintegrate. So rather than just trying to, oh, like bite your tongue and hold the no grumbling, go ahead and grumble to God at first. But then, and know that, it, which is still a sin, but you're knowing that he's going to forgive you for that. And it helps you move into the no grumbling, right? Um, I know that for me, um, and you were mentioning earlier about, you know, arguing with God. I wish I could tell you that I successfully did it and I could teach you how, but I never have. And so I thought, you know, I mentioned to you guys, this year has been a little rough and, and it, it's but and honestly, I'm not going to go into all that now, but one of the things was, um, this idea of, so like, you know, like if you're, if you're, if you're pedaling a bicycle and you can pedal for a while and then you can actually stop pedaling and the momentum will actually carry you for a little while. And then eventually you got to start pedaling again. So in that analogy with this prayer, with, with this type of prayer, cause there's always that walkie talkie ongoing, but you still want to take times you're actually setting, kind of going through yeah. this whole type. Um, you, you need to do that and that's your pedaling and then you can cruise for a while and then you need to do it again, you know, et cetera. Well, in hindsight now, back last winter, I had stopped pedaling and was cruising for a while and never started pedaling again. And so, and, and wasn't going to have, wasn't having this kind of prayer. It was a fiasco. So like the spiritual warfare kicked in and I didn't have the protection that I normally had because I wasn't doing this kind of prayer and I wasn't turning to him, find my satisfaction in him. And so all my muddy fields started flaring up. So I started getting angry and irritated. Uh, and I didn't even know the spiritual warfare was going on until later. And so it was in like March and April that I realized something was going on, but it wasn't until like April, May that I realized that I needed to be spending more time back in this kind of prayer. And it wasn't until May that I did it. And so in May, I took like 10 days off and I just, I canceled all my responsibilities. I took everything off my plate. I had a friend that was moving during those 10 days and she's like, can you help me move? I'm like, nope. 
Like it was so important to me that because I, I knew I was about to collapse. I knew I was about to just shut down. And so I took those 10 days and tried to get some more of this type of prayer. And I did. And it was encouraging. And so it was just that reminder, don't take so long between the pedaling. And it was a really, really valid lesson that I did not learn because all through the summer I turned around and didn't do it again. Like I, I like you just, you just, oh, you want to punch your forehead? I'm so stupid, you know, kind of thing. Why? Why? It's human nature. You know, I'm 45 years old for for what 12 years now. I've been trying to water walk and dedicate my life, and I started this nonprofit. I'm doing this ministry. I'm going all out, and yet I still forget to pedal. So I want to encourage you: you never reach, right? You you never get there. Um, not the side of the gates. And so it was just this humbling reminder to do that. Well, so through the summer, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't having this quality time with him. And so agitation was kicking in. Well, I was taking the agitation out on him. And there was, I won't go into all the details now, but there was this little thing that I was praying for, just a little tiny thing. And he wasn't giving it to me. And it was flipping me out. And I was like, God, you're killing me right now. Because I've told you for years, I've stopped asking for things in prayer because I feel like you don't answer them. You know, and there's been a bitterness here. And so I'm trying to reach out. I'm trying to take a risk here. I'm trying to trust you. And I'm asking you for something. And it's not even a big thing. It's this tiny, small thing. And you're not giving it to me. I mean, I was livid. And, and, and I was just, this is why the, the anger is so dangerous. I was just getting these moments of wrath. And in wrath, it's like drunkenness. You can't think straight. And so I was blaming him. And I'm like, you're screwing me right now. You know, and, and you say, you know, I was being all like kind of cocky and, and sarcastic. You say in your Bible, you answer prayer. You say that you love me. You know, you say that you show blessings to those that are obedient to you. Well, I'm being obedient to you and you're not blessing me. Nope, I can't say that. Because you totally blessed me in all these other ways. The correct statement or the accurate statement is you're not blessing me in this area, you know. And so, and they're going through and like, you know, and so I have all the spiritual warfare going and you're not protecting me. Nope, I can't say that. <laughs> you know, you absolutely are protecting me from all these other battles. You've clearly told me not to go in that area because you're not going to be over in that area. And so I'm still choosing to go, but you've already warned me you're not going to be there. So it was funny, like, so you have these arguments with God. And then as you're arguing, you're like, nope, I can't say that, you know, and because. So all this, this transforming the way you think and your priorities. And so I think God almost, you know, kind of laughs just watching me talk my way through that. But even there was a couple times when it had got so bad that I was literally cussing God out. And again, and I'm like, you know what, God? Like, I know I'm not supposed to say this because you're the creator of the universe, but you know what? F you. Like, I am so flipping irritated right now. I'm so, I'm so mad. I'm so angry. And so F you. And, and so a voice in the back has like, you probably shouldn't be saying that because that's the creator of the universe, you know? Uh, and, and, and I'm like, this is just, you're so nice. No, I and I know that you're not actually doing anything wrong because I know you are perfect and good. I am convinced of that. So I know it's me. Gosh, dang it. You know, and so you just start talking yourself in, in the, in these circles. Anyways, and so so I calmed down and, and reminded myself I can't make any decisions in wrath or anger because they're all going to be bad decisions because of that distorted thinking. And so once I calmed down, then I was actually trying to pray through and trying to seek understanding. God began revealing to me through prayer and then also through several other solid friends of mine here in town began to reveal to me really, hey, this is what I need you to know. This is what's going on. This is why I'm not granting that request right now because it was the first things third things i was asking for a third thing because it's not bad that you're asking for the third thing but you haven't been spending much time with me and i want you to go back to the first things and remind yourself that you will find your satisfaction in me and then <coughs> and then the third thing becomes an icing on the cake so so since then i've been able to calm down a little bit you know 
And then even when I, when I, I, once I calmed down and I was praying, I was spending more time, you know, in this kind of prayer. Oh, this is good. I forgot how good this was, you know, and I, <clears throat> and I was going, I'm <clears throat> going through all that and, and just getting in a good, a good place. I was like, God, I guess I, I, I need to not even guess. I know I need to apologize for the, you know, cussing you out and, and saying F you. And I felt like God's like, like, listen, I have the thickest skin in existence. Okay. So it, it didn't offend me. I don't get easily offended. I don't get irritated. I'm too thick skinned for that. Right. I understand that you're made of dust. So I'm not offended. I'm not irritated. I will say, don't do that again. You know, and even just the way that I was hearing that, <laughs> you just kind of get convicted on that. But anyway, so I wanted to make a comment on that as far as like, he does want you to speak your heart and, and, and that may start off with some complaining or bitterness or anger or whatever. Long term, <clears throat> that stuff will start to go away. Anyways, and then, excuse me. <clears throat> so Tori, your part on remembering God's specific will. So this becomes a big component to the petition part of prayer. And, and so this idea here is you need to figure out what God's will is, and then you go ask for that. In fact, you can demand it. And so like Tori, you were saying, you need to learn what his specific will is, seeking after that, asking those questions, et cetera. And so the other point here, and in, in, in when, when it's your turn to respond and speak, that as you're learning what his will is for some current situation, you can boldly ask, even demand it. You need to pray your future into being. So this was a part of the study that was uncomfortable for me because it was still back to this that I, I'm afraid that God's not going to answer my prayer. And so, so it really began to click for me that once I'm actually understanding what his given will is in some specific situation, now I know that's his will. Well, it's his will. And so now if I begin to ask for it and, or, and pray it into being, then it can happen. And it, it started making a lot of aha sense, you know, for me. And so when we were looking up the words and the definitions, you know, to pray, you're stirring up those feelings or desire for, you're begging or pleading humbly, earnestly, urgently, repeatedly for some favor, whether for self or others. You're making some formal demand or request. You're letting your heart crave what God craves. I really like that phrasing there. And then you humbly, passionately, persistently demand it. And so that supplication to pray for, to bend down or stoop, and this is like the, the elder person bending down and stooping in kindness and granting, bestowing that favor, that pity, that mercy. So be in step with God and he'll grant it as a favor to you. Um, you don't always necessarily deserve these things, but he loves to provide them. And so we had a whole bunch of passages here in Matthew 6, 11 to 13, Matthew 18, 19, Mark 11, 22 to 25, John 14, 14, John 16, 23 to 24, 1 John 5, 14 to 15, 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10, Psalm 102, 2, James 5, 17, Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. There was just a bunch of them there. And this is such an important uh, component that we actually, when we were doing the study, we said, let's reword this and let's present the same thing in another way, just so that this is really sitting home. And this actually comes from the Chapman book that we were talking about at the beginning of praying backwards. And so what he would say is, so another way to try to explain what we're getting at here is that, is that you want to begin to pray backwards. And so you want to start within Jesus's name so that your prayer will be aligned with his. And so he talked about how all of our prayer, almost always, I mean, it's almost a guarantee if you're an evangelical Christian that when you hear prayer, we end it with in Jesus name, amen. I mean, it's almost, you can almost bet money on it, right? Yep. So when I read praying backwards and he said, don't, don't end the prayer with that, especially if it's just the obligatory ending, stop. You should pray backwards and you should start your prayer with in Jesus name, because then it's going to catch you off guard. So hold on, what, what do I mean when I say that in Jesus name? So this means according to your will, 
well, I can't even be praying for anything if I don't know what your will is. So, so, the, so right there, so here you are starting your prayer. And Jesus' name, well, no, hold on. I can't even say anything yet because I need to go learn what it is. And so you go back through the whole circle, you know, just experiencing him and, and, then, and then listening to him and getting his will in the moment on something. And now that you're getting that will, okay, now I'm ready to pray. So in Jesus' name, we are now going to pray, Lord, what, just what you were revealing to me. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that in, in, into action. Um, and so I had another point and, and, and I just lost. Oh, so one of the things, you know, we, we were mentioning how we, we started actually like praying for meals less, you know, because we just started changing everything. I now almost never even use the phrase in Jesus's name because it was just so, oh, it's just obligation that I'm saying that, you know. And so I, I may use other wordings. All right, so Lord, I, I want to be trying to find your will. I feel like this is according to you, given to what I know from Scripture or what I know from other other prayer times. And so I want to pray this according to your name there. And so so you may find yourself actually stop using in Jesus' name, amen, at the end. You may still use it. That's fine. But you but you may not as well. So, anyway, so, so we, we want to elaborate a little bit on some of the points of, of what we mean when we say this. That's right. So we want to go back to knowing God's general will and scriptures. And so it's really important to, to be in his word and, and to know um, what's in there. Um, and so um, in knowing God's general will and scripture that we believe in and rely on his, his son and um, the Holy Spirit, that we love him and love others, um, which contributes to the well-being and, of and, and delighting in, that we glorify him, giving him the weight he deserves that we obey his plethora of commandments, which may or may not always be easy, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that we be transformed from the inside out in very real ways, um, that Jesus is the key to, pr- to prayer and life and let him be at the center of everything. And then the rest of his general will yeah, <laughs> in the scriptures it could there. be on and on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so and once we figure out God's general will, then we need to figure out what his specific will for our current situation, and I mean others, and then uh, be praying boldly for them. And so w- what does that look like? Uh, do you need to be praying for healing, or do you need to be praying for strength to persevere? Should you pray for a new job or contentment in your current one? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's hard, Maybe you need to pray for hardships to make us grow. Be careful with that prayer, just uh, from personal experience, because yeah. he, he answers that one. <laughs> um, also, maybe you need to pray for blessings when you obey. And again, this can go on and on with a lot of different possibilities. Yeah. We then want to ask for understanding of the scriptures as we are studying them and beginning to master mm-hmm. them. We want to ask for wisdom in, in how to apply those scriptures to our current circumstances. Um, we want to be asked ask we want to ask to be changed from the inside out um completely surrendering to the lord uh we want to ask for help for mercy grace blessings um for others as they change from the inside out uh we want to pray for those in authority those in ministry those who are in need our loved ones our enemies um and really everyone we want to be asking um these things for them as well we want to ask for protection and insight and victory in spiritual warfare. And, and we want to ask for success as well as we're aligning our will with his. We want to ask for success in that will to happen. So it's cool to see how like we talked about, you know, normally we jump right to the speaking part of prayer. And if you're going through all these things that we've just been talking about, it's actually going to change a little bit of how you speak in prayer. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so I love this idea of what you guys are just saying that first begin to learn the general will from scripture, then begin to learn the specific will for any given situation or, or moment or person. And then you can start asking accordingly. And so the idea here is that the, that the more that you mat- the, the more mature that you become, uh, spiritually, this goes back to the, the maturity uh, unpacking that we did. I, I love how much we keep referencing all these other unpackings and, and, and podcasts because all of these different yeah. seasons all actually link together and they all just confirm each other. Anyways, the more spiritually mature you're becoming, the more confident you can become in asking God for things because you're knowing your scripture well and you're becoming more and more surrendered. You're becoming more and more selfless and you're hearing more and more uh, God more and more clearly. And so as you do that, you can ask, uh, thing, ask things of him more and more boldly. And so you can pray repeatedly, persistently, consistently, stubbornly, not so that you can continually remind God, but rather so that you continually remind yourself. So that was one of those things there. A lot of times God wants you asking for things. Sometimes this gets interdeterminism, all this complex stuff. Sometimes God's going to give you something whether you ask for it or not. Other times he's going to wait for you to ask for it, right? There's all these different and all these different combinations in between. Um, and so I like the idea a lot of times of he wants you to keep asking for something so that you can keep reminding yourself how important it really is. This is where patience and discernment, all that stuff comes in. So that's one of the other points that we wanted to make with this is you definitely want to be enduring and persevering in your prayers. It's not a quick fix. I mean, sometimes actually, you know what's funny? On what's today? Saturday. Last Saturday night, I was still sick. Uh, I've been going for two weeks now, and uh, was had a whole cough storm. I felt like it was almost like a spiritual attack, and was praying and, and really just felt the Lord's presence. And, and so later that night, I just said this simple prayer because of this whole like irritation and frustration that I've been going through. And a lot of it still, a lot of the battle that I have is it's me trying to be more spiritually mature instead of letting God mature me more. And there's a combination there. And uh, and so last Saturday night, I was like, Lord. I've been trying so hard to like make my attitude better, you know, think on positive things. Can you just do it? Like, can you just put me in a better mood? I woke up Sunday morning in like the best mood ever, <laughs> which is like, the first time in like in weeks or months. I'm like, what? How? How, how did this happen? Oh, I prayed for it. Wow, was it that easy? <laughs> I for a year now I've been struggling, and all I needed to do was just simply ask God. So sometimes there is a real quick a quick answer, yeah. you know, uh, a response to it. Other times it takes a little bit longer. But so, so pray through your hardships and trials and, and pray that you may recognize his loving and strengthening presence in the midst of those trials and, and pray that you may gain wisdom and, and grow and mature through that challenge. There's the whole concept of the dark night of the soul or desert time. And, and, and the, the idea behind this concept, a lot of Christian mystics in the medieval ages talked about this. Larry Crabb talks about it. The idea here is, is there'll be certain points in your walk, and this is usually later on in, in, in a mature person's walk, so much further down the road in maturity. There'll be times where this dark night of the soul occurs, and what that is is you're praying and you're simply not experiencing God. You're not getting any of those clues or those accents. You're not feeling his presence at all. It, it literally becomes totally cold. As it's, it's almost as if you have no evidence there is a God. You're, you're not hearing him in prayer, that kind of deal. And the idea behind it is not that he's withdrawn his presence. He's withdrawn evidence of his presence. And so he's still right there with that mature person, but he's not giving any hint, any evidence of it. And the idea behind it here is that sometimes that his, his presence itself becomes an idol the feelings and the experiencing of it. Um, and he wants to, there's almost a test here where he's withdrawing the evidence of himself to see what you'll do. And so a lot of these mystics talk about this and it, it rocks their world. 
right? It, it wrecks them for a time because they didn't know it was coming. They, it catches them off guard. They didn't know what it was. Major A major season of doubt occurs, depression, anger, all this kind of stuff. But they, they talk about how you need to persevere through that because he's still there because he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so it's a trust issue, right? And But then they, they come out of that even stronger. So like I have my, my Aunt Sheila... I, I believe is a very, very mature believer. And she was going through some of this stuff and she didn't know what it was. And so I was able to explain kind of this dark night of the soul concept. It was very encouraging for her, you know, that God hadn't left her, you know, or, or abandoned her. So anyways, so so if, if you're in some situation like that, just keep praying, keep trusting, even when, when the evidence is, isn't, uh, the, there's no evidence there because he is there. He's just hidden himself uh, to see how you kind of go through that. So we, we just wanted to acknowledge that. So definitely endurance and perseverance become a major component to, to prayer. So, so that is that fourth section, and that is kind of how, how, how we wrap this up of just explaining this whole experiencing God, beginning to pick up on his voice, listening to him, letting him reveal things to you, meditating on that, letting that begin to transform you from the inside out. All of these things over time, allowing you to then change the way you approach him. And so when you do approach him, you can celebrate him. You can speak your heart in grief or even anger. He's, he's resilient, right? He can take all that stuff and just kind of unload on him if you need to. But you begin to actually talk to him almost back to that John 17 prayer that Jesus did in a very, very real way. There's no formality going on at this point. And so you can just talk. And so a lot of times I talk out loud when I'm praying, like in the car or at home or whatever. Um, and I just, I just talk as I'm having a conversation with him. Um, and it's very, it's very comforting and, and it's very cool. Um, and so, and so, so you can go through and celebrate him and, and, and speak your heart with him and then begin to really understand God, what is it that you want me to know? What is it that I should be paying attention to here? Another example I wanted to give, like knowing his will in the moment. A lot of times if somebody's sick, what do we say? I'll pray for you, right? Meaning I'll pray that you'll be healed. What if God has them sick for the weekend because they've been going, 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 and he wants to actually, to, to, and he didn't want to cause the sickness, but they weren't listening to him, so he allows the sickness to happen to force them in bed for the weekend so that they can actually just kind of reboot and spend some time with him. So in that sense, you're praying for healing. You're actually praying counter to what he wanted in the moment. Yeah. Um, and so it's important to understand, well, I, you know, if someone says, hey, can you pray that I get this job? I, so I'd be careful how I say this. Yeah. Right. But in my head, I'm thinking, well, I will if that's what God wants, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but you guys can be very careful how, how you communicate that. But man, I'll, I'll absolutely be praying that that whatever God wants to happen here, happen here. Or if, if God is open and flexible, then, yeah, I do pray that you get it, you know, kind of deal. Um, so anyways, so so we put all that together. I don't know if you guys had anything else that you wanted to add at, the, at this point as far as like all these specifics with prayer, um, anything from your notes or whatever that, that you wanted to, to include. So, okay, so let's go ahead then and just kind of kind of wrap all this up with like the, the implications and application. So for you guys individually, personally, just take a moment here to talk about how what this study did for you, um, the implications of kind of how you see God and how you approach prayer, some application things that you might have done, some changes you might have made. We've already kind of referenced them a little bit, but just take a minute, each of you, to go ahead and kind of share so that the listeners can see this is how it affected you when you went through the study, right? Go ahead, Tori. Yeah, so uh, when I started this <coughs> prayer study, um, I was also wrestling through a lot of um, 
just accepting and receiving the Lord's love and, right. and all of that, that, that I talked about it in the love study and doing the mercy grace study. Um, just learning a lot about the Lord's delight for me and really accepting that and, and receiving that. Um, so I realized going into the prayer study that the, the idea of spending time with him made me really uncomfortable because <laughs> I didn't understand that he wanted to be with me, you know, or like to the degree that he wanted to spend that time with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so really starting to understand his love and understanding that delight that he has and how much he wants this and that, that communion with me and that just that time hanging out where we're not even talking, we're just, um, spending that time together and, I'm just thinking on who he is and, and kind of rejoicing in that and letting that be a normal thing, um, has been a really cool experience and, and kind of the first part of this, I guess that, that he's asking me to focus on and, and really get to, um, kind of slow down and just spend time with him, um, and, and start to get to know him and his accent and his, um, the way he, uh, presents things and, and just getting to know his character a little better that way. Cool. Good. Lynn? Um, for me, like I had mentioned in the previous episode, um, it was, I was coming at the end of having some of the, the longer periods mm-hmm. of, of prayer. Um, and then starting to slowly transition into the walkie talkie side of things. Um, And just having those moments where it has been very much, even if it's just like a day where like, I know, like feeling like that the Lord is there and I can talk to him like at any moment. But, and as Shannon, as you said, you know, the, the whole peddling idea kind of re hit it again tonight Mm -hmm. for me that like, I can't, yes, I did have that season of those long prayers, but that needs (gasps) to be like a continual thing where I'm, where I'm having them. And there's no set like, time frame as to how long my like quote unquote like long times with him need to be I think I've had it grained in my head for so long that it has to be oh if you're gonna have a long time it's it has to be an hour you have to have a day you know if you need for you you needed 10 days you know maybe you know to to refocus or whatever and sometimes it might be that I would need you know a couple solid days of mm-hmm. like shutting everything out and, and being so deep into that prayer. Maybe it is just an hour, maybe right. it's 30 minutes and, and that being okay too, to have those kinds of moments like that. Yeah. I think that one application point for me, uh, just with prayer really relates back a couple of episodes now to, uh, episode 3.11 E and F of, uh, how God responds to sin and how I'm supposed to be responding to sin. Uh, because I know that there's a lot of different times, uh, just that whole episode with how God responds to sin and me when I sin, he's not mad at me. He's not irritated with me. And so um, allowing that to impact me as I come to him going through this whole long process of just spending time focusing on him and clearing my mind and going through uh, sensing his presence, hearing his voice and not hearing condemnation and uh, just being... Uh, it, it just really makes me want to pray so much more after I sin because a lot of times, like we talked about in that episode, you really want to avoid God when you sin because it's just like, no, I messed up. Like I can't, I can't go to the creator of the universe now. Like I, I'm such a mess, but that's really when God wants us the most to be coming to him. And so just uh, letting that really impact uh, my time of prayer and uh, just really 
using that in my own life uh, to apply that and really let that affect me. Yeah. The, so for me, you know, the first thing is, as we figuring all this stuff out a couple years ago was just really getting excited that this is a safe place for me, that it's not an obligation thing now. It's, it's the, um, I just get to sit with him. Like I, I, I use, I use the term as a cave and I just get to go sit in a cave with him. But the cave has got some cool like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings furniture in it. <laughs> and it's just him and I, and we just sit there and chill. And so I really, really, really appreciate that. One of the things I'm still having a hard time with, and, and one of you had kind of mentioned something like this, is in my head, I still sometimes think that if I go do one of these type of prayers, I'm supposed to get some revelation from God. Mm-hmm. And that tends to intimidate and overwhelm me, and so I don't do it. Because I've been asking myself, I know the value of just sitting with him in this kind of prayer, and yet I'm not doing it. Why, why, why? I was talking with, with Brenton, one of my pastors, about this. And I was like, you know what it is? I still feel like this pressure of I'm supposed to learn something. And God's like, uh, I never put that pressure on you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like literally it can take just two minutes. I found that this actually works. Because what, what you kind of have is you have like this, these, you know, these 45-minute hour-long prayer sessions. You also have the other end, just this ongoing pray without ceasing walkie-talkie just there. Then it's kind of like in this middle where sometimes I might just go sit on the deck or sit here on the couch and like I turn the TV off, I turn my phone, my computer off and like just for two minutes, I just kind of sit here and I just imagine like God sitting with me and I'm like, oh, that was, that was, that was kind of refreshing, you know, and then I go back on the rest of my day. And so it's really cool how, how, how such a short thing like that can, can work. So, so for you guys, the listener. As always, this is a bunch of information. So you, you take what jumps out at you. You take what resonates with you. I'd love to get feedback in the comment section there on Podbean. Let us know, what, what, you know what's working for you. Um, and, and just start applying little bits and pieces, you know, baby steps. That, that Remind yourself, it won't happen overnight. So just pick one of the elements and run with it. Then try another element you know, and, and run with that. And then just and let, let over time that your prayer life be radically deepened. And, and let it become really just tremendously impactful, as, as James 5.16 would say, the prayer of a righteous man is, is, is effective indeed. Um, take some situation you're dealing with, right, uh, and just try to apply that right, right now and, and sit with him. And so what we want to finish with is just this, this uh, real quick kind of rapid-fire summary of just things to remind you of, of what we're trying to get at with this whole two-part study uh, and, and, and what to take, a, take away from it. So point number one, find your motivation to pray, um, what, what really resonates with you, and get intentional about it. Clear your mind and heart as you approach God in prayer. Third, quietly begin to sense his presence and revel in that experience, knowing that he is too. Then we're going to listen to his voice and let him speak and tell you what he wants to tell you. And meditate on and wrestle with that, with the substance, the meaning, the application, the consequences of what he's telling you, and be transformed by that. And then we speak to him. Celebrate, be vulnerable, and openly share your thoughts and feelings. Know his will, and boldly ask and pray your future into being. And try praying with fasting, incorporating that into things, also doing it in community with other believers. Remember what God is showing you. Seek confirmation if needed. Uh, trust in him and act on what he's revealing to you, whether that be a, a standing still or a stepping out. Begin to pray without ceasing and watch as you become a more complete person, a mature follower. And so for you, the listener, what, what's jumping out at you? What's resonating with you? What's getting your attention? What's making sense? What's stirring you up? Take some time after the, this, this podcast here and just you know try this listening prayer. Try just sitting with him you know, and, and experiencing him. 
uh, and then test it out and and see where you go. So I want to I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you actually the listeners for putting up with our coughs and our sneezes, uh, <laughs> our blowing our nose. Um, a lot of times we talk about you know trying to create this very professional uh, podcast, but we've all been sick. Some of us for a couple of days, some for a couple of weeks. And it, just that cough is there. I'm, I'm I'm sucking on cough drops. We've been drinking tea, which I never I normally do. So hopefully it wasn't too irritating or annoying for you to kind of listen to all that stuff. So I, I do want to thank you guys for persevering and enduring all the way to the end, uh, putting up with that. So, so we love you guys. Um, and, and, and we mean that we, we, we want to, I don't know who, some of you, I know some of you, I don't, but I want to delight in you, you know, and, and, and I want to be loyally covenantally committed to you. And, 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 and I want to get it to, to understand you, get to know you, be patient with you. I want to contribute to your well being. Maybe it'll happen in this life. Maybe it'll happen in, in the one to come. We got a whole eternity of that, which is awesome. Um, but so we, we want to be here for you. We hope that, that, that all this stuff is, has helped in some way and has encouraged you. So if you have those questions, you can contact us at, at uh, email us at info at rekindlingministries.com or you can go to the website, rekindlingministries.org. Uh, we have an app on, on band that we're rolling out. It's all, all these different ways, Facebook. Um, but anyways, uh, keep plugging. Tell Papa I said hey uh, when you talk to him next. And then we'll see you guys for the, uh, the next episode.